This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Good morning, family. Are you excited? Are you expectant? I know I'm excited because I know I have a word from the Lord for you and He's really going to bless you. Amen. I just want to honor Pastor Theo and Beth for allowing me to, for the privilege that I have to be able to minister to you this morning. Pastor Theo and Beth has now been my spiritual parents for 35 years. Amen. And it's a blessing. Praise God. Are you ready? Praise God. As we stand, let's just close our eyes before the Lord and draw near to Him in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for this special, special moment. Thank you for an awesome moment, Father God, that is enveloped in the atmosphere of eternity. Oh, Father God, where people are experiencing your touch, the move of your spirit upon their lives, in their lives, working in their lives, setting things in order, pushing the reset button in many places and spaces in their lives in Jesus' name. I ask you, Father God, that each person as the service is proceeding, that each person is experiencing a service being held within the four walls of your throne room. Not one person in this place will feel or experience any exclusion, but every person will experience inclusion, will experience your touch, will experience your breath, will experience, Father God, the move of your spirit within their lives. I ask you that all discouragement will leave every person's life. I ask you, Father God, that each and every family under the sound of my voice is being touched and, Father God, blessed in a special way. I thank you, Father God, that, all, that any veil of darkness is being taken away over people's lives and your light, Father God, is shining through into people's minds and hearts, showing them what you've got for their lives. I thank you, Father God, that your angels are being dispatched as at this time, at this moment, Father God, over people's lives and just ministering to them in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray this. And the children of God said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, family. God bless you. This morning, the title of my message is The Generosity of God and the Extraordinary Me. Raise your right hand and say, I am extraordinary. I've been created by God in His image, His likeness, and I'm nothing less than extraordinary. Amen. Praise God. Well, this is the way we have been created. If we look how Adam and Eve was created in the beginning in Genesis chapter, uh, v- chapter 1, verse 26 to 27, the New Living Translation, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in His own image. Wow. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Adam and Eve was created exactly like God. They looked like God. They resembled God in every way. They were created in His full image and His full likeness. They looked exactly like their Creator. They didn't walk around in the Garden of Eden trying to protect themselves. 
We see here that God created the wild animals. Now, we are all from Africa. Amen. And when we think about wild animals, we think about lions and we think about leopards. We think about the big five. Dangerous stuff. But Adam and Eve didn't walk around the Garden of Eden with a rifle to protect themselves. They were clothed with the glory of God. They were filled with God's emotions. They were designed with the authority on God on earth. They were moving with complete authority on this earth, reigning over the affairs of life. Even though in their, full, in their nakedness, they weren't even ashamed looking at each other and being in the presence of the most holiest of being. You see, no negative emotions were part of their design. Because God is not a negative God. They didn't experience or have any emotion of fear, rejection, abandonment. They didn't know that. It was foreign to them. <laughs> it wasn't part of who they are or who they were. They were truly extraordinary beings clothed in the glory of God. Now we know they lost the glory by being disobedient to the Lord. They ate from the, the tree of good and evil. And they didn't follow the instruction of God. So we know that we don't need to be in an environment of sin to sin. Because they weren't. They just didn't follow an instruction. <laughs> they just didn't adhere to God's instruction for them. God was totally generous to, to them. He gave them His full image and His full likeness. God is totally generous towards us. We have God's full authority. We have God's full image and full likeness. And so they sinned and the glory of God left them and they found themselves in a fallen state, in a fallen mindset. Fear became part of their emotions. It became part of their life. I can just imagine Adam walking into a lion the day after he, got, he, he, he fell from glory and the fear that struck him. They probably had to build bomas to survive. They, did, they had to protect themselves against the elements of the day. That's what happened. And praise God that Jesus came, He gave His life, and He restored that glory to us. Amen. And Jesus took away the keys of death. Jesus took away the keys of death. Now, we come from a, a sphere of influence. We are created in God's image and likeness. There are two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of darkness and there's a kingdom of light. And God has created us and designed us. And we have a blueprint to operate in the kingdom of light, not in the kingdom of darkness. So God, God's desire for us is to be filled with His glory. <laughs> it's to be filled with God confidence. It's to be filled with hope and faith. It's to be filled with joy. It's to experience happiness. That's God's desire for us. We know that Satan wants to 
come into our sphere and influence our sphere. Just like he did with Adam and Eve. He wants to destroy our lives. Jesus said, I come to give you life and life in abundance. And Jesus said, but the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy. And we see this in 1 Peter 5 verse 8 and uh, to 11. The word of God says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Now, why does God use the nature of a lion to describe the devil? We'll talk about this in a moment. Seeking whom he may devour. The word of God says in verse 9, resist him. How do you resist him? Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by a brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, while perf perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So why does God, you know, illustrate the devil as a roaring lion, walking around and seeking whom he made a vow? Now the word of God says, give the devil no space in your life. Because the devil wants to come into your sphere of influence and he wants to bring destruction. He doesn't want you to advance in life. He doesn't want you to go forward in life. He doesn't want us to grow in faith in life. He doesn't want us to grow in the power of God in life and to become bold and strong and courageous and do, and do the exploits of the Lord on this earth. He doesn't want that for our lives. He doesn't want us to function in God's, Im in God's image and likeness. So he comes to resist us in every possible way. We need to know that. That's why the word of God says, be vigilant. Now, if you know a bit about the nature of a lion, you will understand what I'm saying. My wife and I, we love doing safaris. We love going to the bush. If I want a bit more like a normal wife, I need to take her to the bush. And so about eight weeks, nine weeks ago, we went to the to a nature reserve down close by the Kruger National Park. We spent five days there, and we take normally a, a morning safari from six to nine. We go out on, a, on the safari on an open vehicle, a land cruiser, and normally my wife would go out on that safari. I'll stay back at the lodge and just spend time with the Lord and have my espresso. That's what I usually do, just spend time with the Lord. In the afternoon, we will go on another open safari from three to about seven o'clock, and come back to the lodge in the evening. And uh, this particular morning, my wife came back from this morning safari, and she was all excited because she always tells me what she sees. Before she goes out in the bush, doesn't matter where we go, she'll pray this prayer. Father God, we thank you for wonderful, strange and wonderful things. We see the big five. We see lions, we see elephants, we see buffalo. We'll be between them. We'll feel their breath upon us. We thank you, Father God. We'll see blood and guts. We'll see a kill. We'll see all this. And that's fine for me in a vehicle. That's fine for me, but not on my feet, walking in the bush. So anyway, so before you go out in an open vehicle safari... The ranger will give you instructions. He'll tell you, okay, when we get to like wild, very dangerous animals like lions, please stay seated in the vehicle. Don't stand up. Because the moment you stand up, 
The lion will see you as a detachment of the vehicle and he'll see you as prey and you at risk that he will attack. So you never stand up. You stay seated and the moment you stay seated, the lion sees you as a big unit and you are too big for him. He will not challenge you. Okay? So it's very important to stay part of the body of Christ. Don't detach yourself from the body of Christ. <laughs> stay protected. Stay close to, a, to, to godly counsel and advice. Rub your shoulders with anointed people. Okay? So anyway, then he would say, don't make loud noise. Don't, you know, draw attention to yourself. Speak softly. Whisper to each other. Be quiet and know that God's your confidence. Amen? So anyway, so these are the instructions of an open Jeep safari in the African bush. So my wife came back from this morning safari, and she was all excited. She said, I, re I just arranged something for us. It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be amazing. We're going to go on a walk safari in an hour and a half from now. I said, excuse me? She said, no, we're going to go out on a walk safari. I spoke to Matthew, the ranger. He said, they will take us out, me and you. We can go out on, in the bush, and we can just go and see the wild animals on our feet. We can just literally walk into the environment. I said, okay, sis, that's fine. I'm very excited for you, but let's just pray for giraffes and antelopes. You know, I just want to see impalas and wildebeest and giraffes. I love giraffes. That's fine for me. She said, no, no, no. Let's pray. We'll see lions. We'll see elephants. We'll see buffalo. We'll see all this on our feet. I said, no. We will only see this, this, and this. But anyway, so I said, okay, let me go with her. I need to protect her. So I, I, I said, that's fine. And uh, the two rangers took us out about half past, uh, half past 10 that morning after breakfast. And we went two, three kilometers into the bush. And so we got off, off, uh, before we, we got off the vehicle, they turned around and they said, all right, these are the instructions for a walk safari. We are armed, him and another ranger, with four, five, eight rifles. I was asking, please give me one rifle. I just want to hold one rifle. I need to have a rifle with me. I'll feel much more confident with a rifle. But they wouldn't allow me. I said to them, I can really shoot well. I'm really a good, good shot, you know. A shoot, I can shoot well. So they didn't allow that. So anyway, so they gave us these instructions. I'll be, Matthew said, I'll be walking in front of a rifle. And the other guy was walking at the back. Of, uh, of us, and we were walking in one line. He said, we will be walking like this, but then if we encounter lions, please do not show any fear. I said, okay. <laughs> Stay calm. Okay. Says, don't make any noise. Okay. And if the lion charges, Excuse me? <laughs> Don't turn around and run. If the lion charges, says, yes, it happens. I say, excuse me? Does this really happen? The lion charges? And you take people on safari? Oh, walking safaris, lions charge? Yes, but don't turn around and run. Says, you have to stand your ground. 
and we draw near to each other, we make one big unit and we stare it down. Because the moment you see a lion's nature is to hunt prey. The moment you turn around and run, he sees you as prey. We are not prey. We are not prey. The moment you stand firm and you stare it down, he would, his charge turns into a mock charge if you don't turn around and run. So in other words, he will stop literally four or five meters right in front of you if you stand your ground. You see, when we are under attack, and you believe me, you will be under attack if you follow Jesus. And if you want to execute his will, you will be under attack on this earth in this life. And the word of God teaches us when we are under attack, we need to stand firm. We need to put on the full armor of God. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 and 11 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, if you look at the, the, the armor of God, it's got, a, it's got a breastplate, it's got a shield, it's got a sword, and it's got like your, your shoes and you are girded to the belt of truth. There's no backplate because God has not called us to turn around and run in any way possible. So if the lion, if the devil charges you, you stand on the instructions of the Lord. Even though it looks like the devil will destroy you and your family. I want to tell you, when you're obedient to the word, God says, I will, because out of your obedience, I'll create distance between you and the enemy. It cannot touch you. That's exactly what, uh, what um, we need to do. We just need to stand firm. When I saw that, when we, we, we went out on that safari, we're walking out in this bush, and all of a sudden, I see this after about 100 meters getting off the, the, the I got ahead of myself, way ahead of myself, <laughs> the story. <laughs> anyway, so I, I looked down to the dirt after 100 meters getting off the Jeep, and here's a big track of a lion paw, huge. And so I, I take Matthew by the, by the shoulder. I say, Matthew, look here. And we see this huge paw, and it's all fresh. And so both of us start looking around. And at our left, there's a lion lying there. And this lion, it's about 15 meters away from me. And this lion is looking at me and sis <laughs> and the two rangers. And he was looking at us like this. And very curious, lifting up his head and wondering, what are these people walking around here? This looks like a nice little snack. <laughs> and so Matthew pulls me in. The other guy pulls sis in. And we form one big unit. And now we, and now we hear Matthew saying, listen, this is part of the Guernsey pride. And so he says, there's another six around us. <laughs> I say, excuse me? So I go, ne brando de brequeste bra. And sis is going, Whoa! Praise God, strange and wonderful things. I'm saying, my word, please God. And so I'm looking around 
And now we see another lioness lying, around, lying about 50, uh, 25 meters. This one was 15, 25 meters. The other one, 25 meters on this side. So now we know there's another five, but we can't see them. And I was just going, praying, but what was going through my mind, the instructions? I couldn't run. I had to stand firm. But now we're standing between lions, and we are in a very dangerous position. And we only got two rifles, and now they tell me we are surrounded by seven lions. Hello? Now, but all that went through my mind is the instructions. So I knew if these lions attacked, I had to stand my ground. I would have no alternative. I would have no alternative. Praise God they did not attack. So we just kept on facing them, and we retreated slowly, slowly, slowly. And then we went through the, the dry riverbed, got to the other side, and later on we saw all seven lions lying there, bellies filled, because they just killed an animal. Praise God that God fed them before we arrived in that situation. Praise God. Now, if that lion did charge us, I don't know how I would have smelled afterwards, but I promise you that I, I knew because I was only meditating on the instruction. We must meditate on the Word of God if we want to overcome the storms that comes against us because Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I don't know about you, but this year has been a very tough year for us, for my wife and I, a very tough year. Since May, we, we experienced betrayal at a whole new level in our lives. It was a year where we experienced disloyalty. We experienced rejection. We experienced people lying like never before. Now, we've experienced that before, but this year was just in a greater measure. We went through a very, very tough time. We still are in a very, very tough time, but praise God for His grace and pr praise God for His promises. Praise God for what He's doing in our lives because God is still on the throne. doesn't matter what my situation look, looks like, but God is still in control of my life. So... I fell literally in a hole of depression, literally. I mean, I went through deep waters, dark days, and it really got bad to a point where I just said to my wife, my words were, I don't want to live anymore. Sorry if I'm disappointing some of you. Um, you know, sorry if I'm not that spiritual as you thought I would be. But I was we were really being betrayed in a very high measure. And I couldn't, I, for me, to experience this betrayal and this disappointment was just over the top, you know. People with the most integrity are the most naive people you can find. And so I would say things in this season to my wife like, I don't want to live anymore. If God takes me now, it's fine. And I really even had suicidal thoughts. Hello. And so on the 21st of September, and I spoke these kind of things. And I would try and go and pray. And I just would have no strength to pray. Because it felt like hell came loose against us. 
literally hell from all sides. In my family, from the business side, the people in business that I've been doing business with for how many years, this loyalty, the betrayal was just from every side imaginable. And I would at times catch myself only speaking to my wife saying, listen, I just, I, I don't want to go on. I'm tired. Just sitting in the presence of the Lord at many times, not having the strength to pray. But that's okay. God's still there. <laughs> Amen. And so 21st of September, we, we left uh, South Africa to go to France and we decided we're going to spend two days in Paris before we go down to our son and my daughter-in-law. By the way, they got, we, our grandparents, our baby, our grandsons got born on the 21st of, of September. And anyway, so we arrived in Paris on the 22nd of September and I was still in a very deep state of just depression and oppression. And I know, I knew the devil's hitting me from every side and I was just struggling just to stand firm. That's all. That's all I could literally do. I didn't even have the strength to fight. I just trusted God's protecting me. But on my inside, I was just saying, listen, I had a full life until now. I'm okay if I have to leave earth now. <laughs> That's the way I was thinking. Just bear with me. So, and the 22nd, well, the 22nd when we arrived in Paris, we booked into the hotel and we found our friends there and it was their wedding anniversary and we, we celebrated that with them with an evening dinner. And I said to sis, I'm very tired. I didn't sleep much on the plane going to France and we went to bed at probably half past 10 that evening and uh, my head hit the pillow and I was fast asleep immediately, deep sleep, boom, back, gone. Eight minutes past one from a deep sleep, I literally felt being jerked but heavily, strongly jerked out of, out of a deep sleep because of a smell and a presence in my room. The smell of sulfur. I sprang out of bed like from a deep sleep. Boom. Sat on my bed. Flipped the switch to put the light on. And I said to sis, sis, hell is in the room. The, 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 the scent of sulfur was so strong that it burnt my mouth and it burnt my throat. It wasn't a reflux. It wasn't something from my stomach. <laughs> but there was an evil presence in the room. There was an evil force in the room. And I said to Sir Sis, we need to pray. There's a violent evil spirit from hell in the room. And so we started praying and we prayed in tongues and we sealed the room in the, the blood of the Lord. And I, I even went to the bathroom to brush my teeth. So strong that smell was. I literally brushed my teeth. And after half an hour, the peace of the Lord was strong in the room. And I went into another deep sleep. And half past seven the next morning, I woke up. And uh, we went down for breakfast. And we spoke to our friends. And I explained to them what happened. And, you know, I knew it was something spiritual. I knew that there was a, a dark force that came close to me that actually wanted to take my life. But my spirit belongs to the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
So we went out for the morning, we came back the afternoon, and as we came back to the hotel, the paramedics came out of the hotel, and there was a lot of commotion in the hotel, and there was an ambulance out there. And as we walked into the hotel, my wife says to me, sis tells me, our neighbor has died. The room next door. And I think, okay, well, maybe she's right. So we went up to the second floor, and as we walked into our uh, hallway, to the end of the hallway where our room was, the room next door, right literally next door, there were security guards, police force, everyone was there. Our neighbor had died. I could literally tell them at what time he died, which I didn't. But what I want to say is, the Lord spoke to me and he said to me, the angel, uh, angel of death came by. And because of the words you have spoken that you wanted to die and not live anymore, he tried to take your life. But you were protected by me. So I want to tell you today, you, we need to watch what we speak. Because there's a sphere, we come from a sphere of influence. And we are called to form and create our lives by the Spirit and the Word of God. We talk differently even though we feel differently. Listen, we should not speak words of death, only words of life. Today I place before you a blessing or a curse, life or death, we choose. I want to tell you, God delivered me that evening, I'm, oh, that, that same day I was delivered. I mean, God opened my spirit to the deepest way possible. I walked around and I just wanted to ask people, listen, do you know Jesus? Do you know him? You don't want to die without him. Uh, believe me, you don't want to die without him. Watch what, we, watch what you say. Amen. I want to tell you, we cannot blame others and trust God at the same time. People will betray you. Don't blame them. Just let them go. God's intentions for your life is greater than any human motive. Never, never, never fear your enemies. I want to also tell you when your joy is low, normally your entitlement is high. Even though you feel that you're entitled for more, guard your mouth. Bless people. Amen. Bless them. God will watch over you and provide for you. God is your God and He reigns over your life. Allow Him to show Himself strong through your life. Amen. Speak life. Don't hold on to any grudges, bitterness, or unforgiveness. And when betrayal comes, bless them. Praise God. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.